When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Super Rugby podcast with your hosts, Damien Warren and Toby Harris. And it has got more news. There's been hardly any rugby on, but there's loads of news, Tobes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not what we want, though. Hey, we want I know, loads I, of rugby, I, no I, news. I love the news. Oh, yeah, you do. Love yeah. the news. I you, love the breaking do. news. You do. We've got things like concussion. We've got things yeah. like Nigel Owens. Rugby World Cup. Rugby World Cup draw. And I'm loving New Zealand's <laughs> If I'm in England, I'm thinking, God. There's quite a few. There's no easy groups this year. Yes, there is. There's no hard groups. I've literally just put no pool of death this year. Oh, there is. Wait, who? England. What? England versus Argentina. Japan. No, no. Japan have gone off the... Off the nah, mate. Japan are going to be amazing. Scale, yeah, we'll get to that very, very shortly, won't we? Well, probably yes. in about 50 minutes. Time. <laughs> Um, but first up, we need a plug. Yes. And I'm asking everyone, if you're on social media... Have we media, had any new ones? What do you mean? Ten-star reviews. Yeah, we've had, we've, reviews. Had, we've had a lovely review. Oh. Lo- we've had one lovely oh. review. Hey, that's and good enough. Very, actually, we should spend a little bit of time, maybe next potty, going over some of those reviews, just to, just, to, just to sort of whet the appetite of the people that haven't done it. Wow. The type of thing that we like. But anyway... If you could be on your social media and possibly retweet or push out there that what you listen like, to, you know, give share. it a go, that'd be great. Because at the moment, surprise, surprise, there is no Super Rugby no. and therefore no one's searching for the Super Rugby podcast. No, that's right. So we need all the help that we can get. Definitely. But until you do that, we've got some breaking news. <laughs> well, I think we'd have that anyway. <laughs> Every week. I know, yeah. So Rugby World Cup draw. I, I, I actually watched this semi-live. Did you? Yeah. How do then, you watch it semi-live? So on replay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> replay, yeah. But only just slightly after it, when it had finished, so I could right. uh, fast forward all okay, the... Yeah. And I'm glad I did that, because they just spoke in French most of the time. Brilliant. 
which obviously it is going to be a French World Cup, but yes. you'd arguably say that most people watching it weren't French. They didn't even but. have any subtitles. <laughs> Tough. So Until um, Martin Nonu spoke. Well, there was, it was, it was you still actually, need subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually pretty good, yeah. to be fair. So what do you reckon of the groups, Tobes? So group stage, uh, if you haven't seen it, Pool A is New Zealand, France, the big names. Pool B is South Africa, Ireland, Scotland. That's probably the hardest pool. I uh, disagree pool with you. Pool C is Wales, Australia. Pool D is England, Japan, Argentina. And who else? Uh, the Oceania qualifier yeah, and the America's qualifier. Who's that going to be? Oceania's probably going to be Samoa. It'll be Samoa and then the America's. So you're telling me that pool of death C isn't the pool of death? Because I tell you what, if I was no, England. pool of death D. Is it D? Sir? Um, I wouldn't want to be England with Argentina who looked very good against well, New Zealand. Well, it's going to be Argentina and England who go through. No. Yes. It's gonna on be, current form. No, it's not. If we no, go on current it's not. form. Listen, listen, I don't care about current form. It's well, going to be part of the question. It's going to be Japan and Samoa that go through. Oh, thank <laughs> Oh, imagine that. Imagine. How good would the World Cup be if Japan and Samoa <laughs> made it out of that group? Now, you're probably right. You're looking at current form, which is pretty difficult because... Japan haven't played, some I haven't played. But no, that's right. You would imagine that it would be um, England. But then Paul C, you could go Wales on current form are absolutely dire. And Australia are all right. Fiji, their one game that they played against Georgia was good. Mm. So then, yeah, then you've got South Africa, Ireland, Scotland. You feel a little bit sorry for, I mean, when you talk about the pool of death, they all think they're in the pool of death. Yes. Because you know South Africa are going to make it through. Well, on current form, Italy might beat us. Mate, on current, <laughs> on current form, Italy would not beat us. <laughs> so who would play who going through? Would it be A versus C, B versus D? I think it's A versus B, C versus D. A in versus the, in B. The, in the semis, but I might be wrong. And probably I'm wrong. Last week I got quite a few things wrong in the, <laughs> did you? the podcast. <laughs> What did you get wrong? Oh, most of it. Oh, funny. But I talk with such authority that even I thought I knew what I was talking about, but no, no. Uh, yeah, it was it was exciting. It is always exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing actually who ends up playing who in those. So, you know, once all the qualifiers take place, it becomes even more interesting, doesn't it? The first one that I'm going to go with here today is the Barbarians, 13 banned and heavily fined as RFU stick the boot in. And this was to go back about that match, the Barbarians match that got cancelled because they had a bit of a good time before, out. Before the Nations, was that before the Nations, the Autumn Nations Cup or whatever? That's right, yeah. And I, I kind of read into it and do you know what it smacks of? It smacks of if you're playing in England or Wales or Scotland, you get an easier run than if you're playing outside of those yeah. countries. And there's a lot of, oh, we banned them for one week, but we gave them community service and we and we banned them, um, you know, we, gave, we fined them money. But what annoys me about this is they blatantly have done this so it doesn't affect their players playing in their competition. And that's annoy, annoyed me. 
Whereas if they had have really been ruthless and really wanted to make a stand, they wouldn't give them as much community service, but they would have given them more games off. Yeah. They would have banned them for more games and they would have fined them more money. And then they could have then they could have donated that money to charity. That's what they should have done. But instead what they've done is they've gone, oh, we'll, well give them the community RFU service take the money. so they can still play their games that we want them to play. Yeah. And if they're playing in, if they're playing for England or they're playing for Bath or whatever, then what we'll do is we'll speak to their coaches and we'll allow them to dictate when they would have played their players. And blatantly, sometimes they wouldn't have played them. No, that's right. So they've basically got no ban. Mm. So I just think it's a, it's very, very soft. And it is unfortunately what I feel is happening at the moment in rugby is they've got these great principles that they expect the players to stick to. But these... The RFUs, the, the big dogs. The big dogs, you know, they're, they're absolutely ruthless. Mm. And they're doing what's in the best interest of themselves rather than what's in the best interest of rugby all the time. But that's Which, a business almost, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, well, but, but don't then expect your players, the barbarians, who want to go out for a drink, yeah. don't expect them to, you know, play by their rules all the time yeah. when they don't even play by their own rules. Well, the barbarians is a different type of rule, isn't it? Exactly. The, the barbarians team, I mean... It's it's more. I just think incredibly naive Mm. for them, the RFU, to think that the barbarians weren't going to have a few beers out, and they should have actually catered for them to do that. Yeah, in my opinion. Now, arguably, some people say they catered for them to do that in their own hotel, and that's a good point. Mm. But you know, there's both sides to this argument. There is, isn't there? I'm firmly that they shouldn't have left the hotel and done it, but. I'm also thinking it's a bit naive and they should have just sort of said, well, you know, we'll just ban them for four games each, uh, points made, happy yeah. days. But they didn't. They've, they've tried to shoehorn it in and make sure that the players are available for when they want them to play. Yeah. Right. Going on uh, a similar kind of ilk, Delante, so the South African winger. Yeah has been given a four-year ban. Is there any reason why you haven't announced his full name <coughs> there? It's just got his second name there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so this is the winger that was banned. Uh, was, yeah, was not, not play, did not play at the World Cup. Correct, yeah. Because so he didn't of this. play. Um, he was the breakthrough player of the year in 2018. Well, now we know why. <laughs> Uh, he's exactly. juicing. That's right, he's juicing. Um, he pleaded guilty, so he knew he'd done it. Uh, didn't come to the World Cup 2019, uh, and then end of 2020, so over a year later, mm. has been banned for four years. Do you think? Do you think the World Rugby has sort of prolonged it to then go, we'll give you a four-year ban, so then there's no chance that he can play in the Rugby World Cup. I, I find it really weird that if he's if he's pleaded guilty, why has it taken so long? Yeah. Is it because of COVID? Everyone just blames COVID Maybe. for everything. But Could be. Have they, have they let it roll on so that they can give him a four-year ban rather than giving him a life ban and then people won't really, you know, blink an eye? Cause yeah, it, but he, like you said, he's a, he's a winger. Yeah, his, in his South shelf, Africa, his, his shelf life is very, very short. Isn't they've it? got plenty, plenty stacking up. I mean, Mapimpi, Colby, yeah, those no. are the ones that replaced him, and 
done a great yeah, job. Pretty good. <laughs> my Pimpy, especially. Well, I mean, both them, Colby and my Pimpy, and there's a whole host of others. How many more do you think are doping, if any, in South Africa or worldwide? I don't want to get on the South African kind of note because we'll get a whole load of um, messages from uh, all sorts of parts of the world. I I mean, it has been been mentioned that it's quite a a problem in South Africa, but... I think that's naive to think it's not there a problem was that schoolboy problem, wasn't there? Yeah, I actually think there's more of an issue at schoolboy level yeah. than there is actually. Because they don't at, get tested, do they? I don't think it's schoolboy level. Uh, Craven Week. So Craven Week end is the big, where a lot of these schools come together. Right. They play. Uh, is, it, is it schools or is it like, um, you know, the academies Areas, or whatever right but they get tested in and around that okay and 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 in like new zealand you know you do get tested at, at schoolboy level as well just not very re- readily you know they get they get more crowds than uh super rugby <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean nearly big 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 crowds so mm. i would like to think it's not a problem but i think it probably yeah. is a problem and and i imagine now it's more of a problem actually trying to get you know if you are thinking about being a new zealander and wanting to break into a super rugby team that's when you're going to do it yeah you you know once you're in that team you possibly it's harder to get out than it is to get in so all of these you know young guys at the age of you know 18 19 20 if they want to compete at that level that's when it's probably the most um, prevalent, I would say. Once you've broken in and you've established yourself, then there probably isn't the need. I mean, I would say in all of my time playing at a good level, semi-professional stuff, I was only tested once. So you can see how to get to that level, you don't get tested very often. Once you're at that level, you do get tested relatively often. So... The risks versus versus rewards is probably quite high. I'd say yeah. lower down. I hope it's not a problem, but I think it it is. And and do I think South Africa have more of a problem than anyone else? Possibly, but that we know of because the media have got yeah. their noses stuck in. But so. I think there is a problem in Wales that's been documented. Um, and I think we're very naive to think there there isn't. Is that why they're not very good at the moment? Because they've stopped taking. <laughs> Maybe, mate. I'm sure in Russia, uh, oh, you know, God. They the just Russian, drink national, <laughs> Russian national team, I'm sure I've had a, had a few uh, few cups of juice in their time. That's all I've got to say on that. Uh, mate, Aaron Smith. Yeah, class. Missing out on the team of the decade at nine. I know. So... Connor, I don't want to go through the. I Connor, don't want to go through the. Connor Murray's. Got yeah, in there before. I don't want to go through the team of the decade, and with too much detail. Partly because I can't pronounce some of the names. <laughs> but but um, what I would say is the interesting ones were this: Ben Smith at fullback, no problem with that. Yeah, George North. I think. I think interesting. He's been, I think he's been a great player, but I think he's been declining over the last no, two to three years. I think he's been an, a good player, not a great player. Yeah. So that was interesting. 
Brian O'Driscoll can't argue with that. Marnono, of course. Brian Habana can't argue with that. Dan Carter. And then it went Connor Murray. Connor Murray? I mean, serious? He's a good halfback. He's not a great halfback. But, you know, Aaron Smith has, in my opinion, has been the world's best scrum half, barring possibly... Last year at the World Cup. Last year at the World Cup. So you take away that, and even this year, you know, we're going to go into that as well, but he's been absolutely fantastic. The other one that I thought was quite interesting was Sam Whitelock and Brody Retallick. Yeah. Taking those lock berths. But other than that, I mean, and the, and the other Sergio? one. Sergio? Sergio Parise. <laughs> I mean, that's just literally a kind of, we'll give the Italians yeah, one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But very interesting. World Rugby at their very, very best. What is very interesting is you look at where they all come from. So we've got New Zealand, Wales, Ireland, um, South Africa. Italy, Australia. And Italy. Is there any English? No. None. No English. Thank the Lord. Is there any Scottish? No. No. Now, people might look at that and think that's bad. There's no French either. No Frenchies. All right. Have a look at the women's team of the decade. England, 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 New Zealand, New Zealand, England, 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 France. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what they've done is they've got, they've got one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. <laughs> so basically, the women's team is made up of all New Zealand, England players, and right at the end, whoever did this, that we can't have all of them, you know, we'll we've chuck already, a, we'll I've chuck already a, written them all down. <laughs> we've got one left. Uh, French. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think, I mean, arguably, who would you put in from that England side? Because it's seen from the decade. Is there anyone you'd put in over it? And I, I don't think there is. Well, not ones that have spanned the full decade yeah. of that decade. Because you, you arguably could say, oh, well, Farrell. But who are you going to? you going to take Dan Carter out? You're going to take Brian Ajisco out? No, you're not. So, And that that's their problem. You yeah. know, they've got a lot of good players who are young at the moment and maybe in a decade's time or maybe five years' time, they would be in the team of the decade. But as it currently stands now, you know, it's not quite quite there. David Pocock, I, I don't have an issue with David Pocock being at six, but, no. you know, people have sort of said, what about Ardi Severa? I think no. That's ridiculous. No, because I think you could he's put, only been. You know, could put. Um, God, what's his name? Current number seven. Kane. No, for uh, Australia. Hooper. Hooper. Yeah. Hooper. How did but, I forget him? But Hooper at seven or Richie McCaw. Yeah, but Pocock was a, a better seven than a six, wasn't he? No, he was a six and an eight. Well, he's a better eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then Sergey. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you can't knock Sergey, but, you know, he's not. I've just seen here. Where has it gone? Oh, what about Conrad Smith? Yeah, Conrad. But you can't argue with Brian O'Driscoll. Can you? And it says Jonathan Davies as two worthy replacements. Yeah, Jonathan Davies is a quality player. But again, I would say Jonathan Davies, if you went five years on and he has a good next five years then you could say that but you know for the first five years he hasn't really featured because he was he's still young yeah so it says here meanwhile <clears throat> many would argue former Italy captain Parise selection at number eight is validated 
due to his longevity and excellent and excellence over uh, the years. Not Kieran Reid. But others were insistent that ex-All Black skipper Kieran Reid should have been picked instead. 100%. Kieran Reid, well over. What about um, Billy? Yeah, Billy's not a bad shout, but Billy's gone up and down in his performances for quite a while. Uh, and, and you look at Kieran Reid... And you'd say for the last 10 years, he's been the standout. Pretty consistent. Yeah. And arguably, he's changed his game. I've said arguably a lot, but he's changed his game from being quite a rangy, running uh, offloader yeah. to someone who, who puts his head in dark Strong, places. Yeah, ball carrier. So, there you go, mate. But over to you for your next story. Yeah, I don't have one now. You do have <laughs> one. Jokes. Uh, super Rugby has uh, released its um, draw. Its draw, yep, for next season. Uh, it is a long, long time away, a 4th of May. No, 14th of May, sorry. And the first match oh, is you, the Highlanders no, no, at home. You're talking about the... You're talking about the... When they play the Aussies, the trans... Oh, uh, am I? So, so they've played already. They've played Super Rugby oh, okay. before that. So they start on February, mate. Ah, uh, do they? Yeah, can't wait. Oh, it's still a long time away. Anyway, so the first Trent Tasman, yes, I should say, uh, is the fourteenth of May, and yep. that will be Highlanders at home to the Reds, which again will be fantastic, amazing. Uh, and same uh, under weekend the roof as well. under yep. the roofs. So it's going to be an absolute. Bobby Dazzler. Bobby Dazzler. Uh, Waratahs at home to the Hurricanes on the same day. Yeah. Two in one day. God, it's good. <laughs> and then following day is the Crusaders. At, oh, my God. There's loads of games. Of course there's loads of games, mate. I haven't even looked. Crusaders Brumbies on the 15th. Do you like... Do you like what... Rebels do you like Blues, what Force the, Chiefs. Do you like what the Crusaders stadium's called? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's not AMI anymore. It's Orange Theory. Orange Theory Stadium. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> so, who are going to be the top two in the New Zealand conference Is going that, uh, into the first Trent-Tasman competition? Uh, you'd have to say the Blues and the Crusaders, as it currently stands. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm... I'm I'm fully aware that I think the Crusaders did incredibly well to keep the Super Rugby title this year. And I think Auckland are steadily kind of chasing them down. You know, maybe, we've said this for the last few years, maybe this year's Auckland's year type thing, you know. What about the Chiefs, though? The Chiefs really have a point to prove. Well, I also think the Chiefs, have the makings of quite a good side, but the problem that the Chiefs can have this year is Warren Gatlin isn't there. No. So they had a whole year with Warren Gatlin, and now they're going to have a whole season with someone else. So it's, it's going to be a little bit interesting. The interesting thing will be how they go against a non-New Zealand team. Because, you know, they lost yeah, every yeah, single yeah. game yeah. in New Zealand, but... I wonder what it would be like if they had played an Australian team, a South Africa team. What is going to be massively interesting 
when we, we have this. It's how all of these teams fare. So they're all going to play in Super Rugby Aotearoa, Super Rugby AU. You know, the Brumbies might win, let's say the Brumbies win that comfortably. Yeah. And then the Brumbies have got to go and then play all the New Zealand teams. What will be enlightening will be how those how that works out. So they're playing 15 matches all together. Yeah, so so basically what's 20? happening is, the let's take the Highlanders. Five, five home, five away. So the Highlanders will play home and away yeah. all the New Zealand teams. Yeah. Then they just go into one round of the Trans-Hasman. So they will then play, Highlanders will then play all of the Australian teams. Yeah. So they'll have five games. So over the whole season, they'll have their 15 games unless they make the playoffs. Yeah, then it's what, two more, so 17 games. Yeah. And I think they are going to have a final for the Super Rugby Aotearoa as well. So rather than just having it as a round robin, they're going to have the round robins and then they're going to have a final. Top two teams go through to a final, which will be quite interesting, I, I think. So I think Super Rugby... And then they keep that broken... Uh, <laughs> that broken... That, that broken, broken trophy, trophy, yeah. Yeah, that that was... um Embarrassing? I don't know. Well. I just, again, it's one of those naiveties that people that made that trophy didn't think that there was going to be lads absolutely smashed carrying around the trophy for days on end. It should have been... There should have been, like, the trophy that goes straight into the cabinet yeah, and then, like, a cup. Exactly. Exactly. I, I just think, mate, it could be brilliant for Super Rugby. The only thing that's missing is that that South African contingent isn't doing the same thing. Honestly, I yeah. think we were so close to getting it bang on, and all we needed was was for South Africa to stick in one more year for them to play on the, and they're doing exactly you know Super Rugby Aotearoa, Super Rugby AU, Super Rugby Unlocked. They play in their own competition, then they come through, and we oh would have been amazing. I reckon cut our losses. Yeah, I do. I think we're going to cut our losses. That's for, that's for sure. Cut our losses. They're not going to make it. Mate, the big, big story Didn't is lie. the end of the road for Rugby's Gone Soft Brigade. And this is all about the concussions. Now, I actually think this could be the end of rugby. Right. And the real shame of it is, from all the research that's being done, it seems like it's a real going to be a real problem with professional rugby players because they train so much, whereas at schoolboy level, it's less of an issue. I'm not saying it isn't an issue, but it's less of an issue. And that's where it's going to be affected the most. Rugby will never die. It's like boxing has never stopped. But what will happen is the quality of rugby will, will diminish because of the fact that there's going to be less people playing you know the game. The softies won't be playing. I think it'll it'll hurt us maybe in 10, 15 years because what'll happen is the old boys like you, like me, with our kids, it'll be like, right, no, you've got to get stuck in, stuck in. But then their generation will go, then they'll take a back step because we, we love rugby and there's people who are our age who love it as well. Yes. So they'll tell their kids, no, look, you've got to get stuck in. 
you just got to put up with it. And it's not, you know, put, when I say put up with it, you're not going to put up with a concussion, obviously, but you're going to take the precautions, but they're still going to, I'm still going to make my child play rugby yeah. kind of thing. But then further down the road, maybe their generation is going to go, well, you know, there is a huge problem and I'm not saying there isn't now, but. I I kind of feel though that we're on the tip of the iceberg. And what I mean by that is there's a good reason why people like, um, you know, let's say Keith Wood, who played for Ireland at the top level for years and years, uh, hooker doesn't seem to have any issues in his later life. Um, and this, this might all change. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, you know, all of the, that his generation don't seem to be having the problems yeah. that the generation of professional rugby players had. And when you read into it, it seems like Steve Thompson, who's one of the ones who's really been affected, he's 42 now. And he was one of the one of the guys that kind of went from an amateur status to a professional status. And what he's linked to it is this, is that he went from training twice a week yeah, to training every day. Every single day. And you have to remember in those early days, they didn't have the concussion protocols that no. we have now. They didn't protect the players like we do now. So therefore... His age group, when they come through, I, I can imagine it's going to be an absolute nightmare for them. They will, as they've already said, they were like the crash test dummies. They literally, people will learn and have learnt from their experiences. But that crop of players is going to start having issues and more and more and more and more ex-professionals are going to be coming out saying they're suffering from early onset dementia. Do you think current players will and because and they're that, looked that, after yeah, a lot and, and that is we're not going to know that for another 10 15 no, years yeah and, th- and that's the honest truth you know the honest truth is it's a little bit like covid where there's a delay you know we have a two-week delay yeah. in cases there's like a 10-year delay now yeah we're gonna see lots and lots of players coming out saying they've got early onset dementia from that 2000 and what do you think 1995 to sort of I, 2005? No, I think if you were playing from 1995 onwards. When it became professional. When it became, then you'll be, you're in that group. But when we're most likely talking about is from about 99 on. You know, 1995, it turned professional, but it took a while to become professional. Yeah. And I, I, I feel quite strongly that, you know, Concussions are a huge, huge issue. The problem is, is that we are dealing with such a delay that it's very difficult to judge how well we are keeping up with, you know, dealing with this. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't an issue when you played amateur rugby because you trained twice a week and you literally did contact twice a week and then you played on a Saturday. Okay, the difference then went for those people that went professional. They trained every day and they did contact every day. Well, that's the thing. Do they, I don't think they do that now. No, that they they really have pulled back. But it's yeah. it's not in the NFL. You're not allowed to do contact. That's right. Yeah, you know, there's windows of contact and windows yeah. of non-contact. 
I hope that, that will come into rugby because it's de- it's left down to the coach to say, oh, lads are doing contact today. You're going to do a scrummage machine, you know, for two hours. Whereas the but that's coaches, a bit different, I think. Scrummage machine compared to not. Steve Thompson says most of his times that he had real issues was on the scrummage machine. Really, he would get knocked out on the scrummage machine. How the pressure? Just the pressure going through and the, and the repetitive hits. You know, hidden, hidden, hidden. Um, that was his real, real issues. And some, you know, he was like, he, he thought it like if you knocked go out on, from hitting shoulder. If you not talking about being knocked out as in cold. But suffering from uh, starry eyes, um, you know, sort of feeling very disorientated, and we all I know get, those. I get starry eyes from standing me, up, mate. from uh, <laughs> from standing up too quick sometimes. Yes, but what we're saying is that you know these things now are said that you have suffered a brain injury, but he's doing that and continually doing that, you know, for days and days on end. Yeah, and and. That t- okay. seems to be the issue. You know, if we go on current guidelines, what they're actually worried about is not the first hit; it's, it's the repetitive, it's the repetitive yeah. nature. And obviously, back in these days, they were having repetitive hits. You know, time and time basis. on a daily basis, Weekly on an hourly basis. basis. Yeah. And I would like to think, but the, as I say, the problem is going to be over the next ten years. We're going to be hearing about. This case, that case, this kid, this, and, and some really well-known players will yeah. come out, and all that's going to do is it's going to make the parents and the kids scared to get into rugby. Yeah, and then maybe in ten years' time, because of the things that are in place now, we won't have as many cases. Mm. But it might be too late in ten years. You know, my son will be an All Black. You know, if if you played rugby then yes, you might be saying, I will want my son to play yeah. rugby. But if you didn't play rugby, and, and what mum plays rugby? There's not that many mums that play rugby. I'm, no. you know, Obviously, the women's game's improving, but there's not that many mums. You know, and we, yeah. all, we all know, happy yeah, wife, yeah. mate. Happy, happy life. life. And they, they actually, the researchers said that potentially, in the women's game, it's even a more of an issue. Yeah. yeah. So... Oh, it's a, it's an absolute can of worms, and as I say, the real killer is that there's like a ten year delay bef- before we know what what whether what we're doing now is actually working. Nightmare, mate. Interesting though. Shall we move on to this weekend's results? Yes, we shall. Do you want to go over the Heineken Cup results? I will. Times? Uh, Munster. <clears throat> uh, they won their match twenty one seven. Exeter had a really good win. Smashed Glasgow Warriors. Yeah, 42-0. Scored in, what, 81st minute, I think, to just to top it off. Yeah. Uh, Another pushover try. (laughs) Another pick and go. Yeah. Uh, Russing 92, 26-22. Leon scored a lot of tries against Gloucester, 55-10. You know, Gloucester literally put out a B team. Well, it looks like it. Yeah. What a weird thing to do, though. First mm. round of the Heineken Cup, and you go, oh, no, nah, we're not going to win, so we'll just put out beating. Experience for them. Yeah. Uh, high scoring affair La Rochelle, Edinburgh, uh, 13 8. Wasps beat the Dragons, 24 8. Leinster, 35 14. Scarlets against Bath, 
23-19. Toulouse, 26-14. And then Bristol had a... Oh, they actually got thumped. High-scoring match, though. Yeah, 37-51, Clermont winning that one. It says 38 here. Does it say? Yeah. So (laughs) 38-51. What did I say? You said 37. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. Um, Over to Super Rugby Unlocked slash the Curry Cup. We've got the Cheetahs narrowly losing to the uh, Lions, 39-23. Narrowly? (laughs) (laughs) The Sharks narrowly beating the Bulls, uh, 32-29. Western Province, (coughs) 28-14. So where are the the Griquas from in this are they Western Province? No, the Griquas having a bye week. Oh, lucky! Yeah, they needed it. Is uh, that the first win? What? what <laughs> yeah, yeah well, first first draw. Um, what caught your eye from the weekend? Uh, big Nigel done and dusted. Yeah, Big Nigel done Finished. and dusted. Seventeen years at the top. It's big, a. Eh? Yeah, it was. Um, <coughs> massive I mean I put out a little Excuse tweet me. saying he oh, I think, you didn't did yeah, you I did yeah oh, um, I think he's the best referee <laughs> at the moment and definitely I think what made him the best referee was he knew the rules but he knew the spirit of the game and he he talked yeah and he spoke to the players and yeah. when he got stuff wrong he admitted it he was like even on the field he go oh lads I got that wrong you know apologise yeah Um, he was he was fantastic but um Thank you, Nigel, for doing everything you've done. Yeah. You have... He's admired. been an ambassador as well, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I, I just... I, I, You know, whenever the All Blacks played and we got Nigel Owens... We even did a fair when, match. Even when... Right, we lost against <coughs> England in the World Cup. Yeah. I had no issue with his refereeing. No. And I don't think I've ever had an issue with his refereeing. No. I might not have always agreed with him, but I've never had an issue. Well, it, at the end of the game, you go, yeah, oh, that, the referee was good. Yeah, the referee was than, good. Oof, those Frenchies. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I never really have that much of an issue apart from the Frenchies. Some South Africans, <clears throat> Jaco Piper's right up there yeah, as he's well. Good. But um, I, I'm, I'm just a little bit worried that the current crop of referees, the really good ones, are a bit older. Yeah. And the ones that are a bit shaky... Are the, the young the, ones coming through. The Angus through. Gardeners of the world... Um, they're that little bit younger, so maybe we don't have the quality. They're a little bit more um, magnolia. They might. Now. They might turn a corner. Uh, maybe. They maybe. might turn a corner. Mate, do you know what I spotted? I spotted the bulls versus the sharks. Because so I saw the bulls pick and drive, very similar to Exeter Chiefs. And I remember giving you what you called as a lecture, <laughs> <laughs> Doves, on the fact that they picked the ball up, not drive low. But then they get the second man in and drive high. Into contact. They go and up. almost try and get over the line that way. A mini mall. A, yeah, like a mini mall. So it's interesting to see. But that's very dangerous though, isn't it? Well, I, I'm guessing that's why a lot of I mean, teams it haven't well done it. it with Exeter. It works very, very well. They've obviously got that technique down packed. Yeah. The balls that work well as well. So it's basically a little. So they go, they start low. Yeah. And as they hit into contact, they just drive up a little bit. Not like fully. Yeah. And then the next guy goes on and they just jolt them forward. I thought it was interesting, you know, I me- mentioned to you that the Exeter were the best doing it and yeah. wonder why others weren't doing it. Well, now we are seeing it. So, yeah. Um, 
back to South Africa uh, at their low skill, low risk best. Yeah, they're boring games, mate. They were boring games. Yeah, they we what well we saw in Super Rugby Unlocked the you know the pass here the the backdoor pass there the the kick over the top fling it fling it and ying it yeah like really good but Super gone Rugby back to it. and they're almost going Test Match Rugby yeah. it's like they've seen the Northern Hemisphere play and went oh that's where we're playing next year so we need to we'll start playing like that now don't do that it wasn't good eh like I was really looking forward to watching this weekend because there's no other rugby on and I was bitterly disappointed but I mean the, the Bulls-Sharks game was the best game yeah they um they did some nice things there but even that was a bit of a kickathon we had but it was also and quite Bosch, a close game 61 metre kick mate Holy oh, <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, wow. We had Jimmy Carl Hendricks. Do you like that? It's actually Carla Hendricks playing at twelve. Normally plays on the wings. Liked him there. Um, first try from the Lions. Uh, I noticed there was a bit of binding now. What? Okay, so my understanding of the rule there, Tobes, is that you can't bind onto a player before he gets the ball. No. Oh. Uh, Right? So basically what they were doing, and this is a lot of South African teams, not just the Lions, was... Depends if he's in front of you or behind you. So so, so what they were doing was this, and I thought, I don't think you can do this, but maybe I'm wrong because they were doing it all the time, was the player receiving the ball, the guy next to him was binding onto him before right. he received the ball. So that when he received it, they were bind together and they both hit into the... We, which man had the ball, though? The front guy. Oh, yeah. I think that's okay. But oh, no, no, no. It's you not. can't bind, though. So, so my understanding is if he gets the ball, yeah. he's got to hit contact before the before his own team can bind and drive him forward. Well, these guys literally <laughs> were binding before any contact. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Thought Alton Yankees was absolutely class. He is class, though, isn't he? Well, he's the only ten they've got that plays that fling it and ying it yeah. rugby. But he was very, very good. Um, great to see someone still playing rugby with a worse hairline than me. The Cheetahs five. I wish you'd cropped a picture out so I could have seen it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was impre- I, I felt lucky to be me with my five head. <laughs> You've mentioned here about the dipping head into contact. So I'm guessing taking from that that the they dip in their heads and players are tackling them around the head. Yeah. Well, it, but also at the ruck, you know, they've got their head up and then when someone comes to clear them out, they're dipping their head, which is then creating head con uh shoulder straight to the head. So the, and that's almost what happened in the um, yeah. the last. Where do you draw, Where do you draw the line as well? Because if I if I the line is like this, <laughs> it's like know. a squiggly line. It doesn't work. It's like a bloody wave. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, but is it, that it, mitigating factor potentially yeah, when but, they look but, at it? But where do you draw the line? Like like when a player's got the ball, right? So a mitigating factor just takes from a red to a yellow. Yeah. Or takes from a yellow to a penalty. Yeah. Doesn't take it from a penalty to nothing. No. So when that player with the ball, he's running into contact, he literally dips his head yeah. at you. Like so the only thing that you can head. hit is his head. Well, you got to go. You got to go for the. You got to go lower. I you guess you can't because all well, you he's go for the legs. But you, honestly, like when I'm watching, I'm you thinking, dro- just drop like a sack of spuds. 
you'd have to uh, what do they call it a grass cutter yeah grass cutter tackle class but, but I mean it's a real issue so we're talking about direct contact to the head yeah you know mitigating so, so I could just run around the pitch yeah dipping your head <laughs> like a rhino <laughs> couldn't I there yellow. were yellows all over yellow 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 gotta be 15 verse 5 after no time <laughs> I mean, we we literally at school played this game where um, the, the kids have got to run from base to base and uh, the other players have the tennis ball and they've got to throw the tennis ball and hit the player. And the one thing is head contact doesn't count so that we the players don't throw at their heads, basically. But then, you know, you always, get, you always get that kid that runs around and sees the ball coming and literally dips his head, dips his head into the ball so it doesn't count. And then that's almost what's happening now. You know, rugby players know, oh, you can't touch my head, so yeah. I'll dip my head into contact. Just crazy. So we spoke last week about the need for players to protect themselves. Yeah. But I think the rules have to change so that players don't dip their heads into contact. Because... You're a rugby player. You want to win the game. You'll do almost whatever it takes. You're prob- Especially close to the line. You know, they, they do yeah. just dive at their knees head first. Yes. You know, and if that's, if that's going to get you over the line, that's what gets you over the line. We see it all the time, don't we? Yeah. But now we're starting to see it actually further out where yes. they've built up a bit of speed and they're dipping their head. And I'm just a bit like, that just does not, look safe to me but it was interesting mate the weekend's rugby was interesting more because it was not super rugby for me yeah it was a little bit disappointing that's what it is it is what it is we're off to listeners questions now do you want to do the first one toes no you've made a little comment at the bottom as well of that of that (laughs) i did yeah (laughs) hey hey lads Hey, Billy. Uh, who's this from? This is Mateus. From, yeah. At Cape Town. Or Marty. Marty Banks. <laughs> <laughs> He's moved. I've been listening for a while. I must say yours. Oh, we don't need to talk about that. Um, oh, no. Come on, I, mate. We've got to fit ourselves on the back. Yours is the best weekly rugby union so there must be some bit of rugby league ones <laughs> all out there. podcast say, out there. All I've You're got to say joy is, to listen to. <laughs> all I've got to say is he's giving himself some Luke bubbles, isn't he? Yours is the best weekly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rugby union. Yeah. So basically, if it's not weekly, it's not rugby union. We don't fall into those brackets. Uh, You're a joy to listen to, and by far the most neutral observers. Unless it's England, <laughs> 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 who also have an opinion. On to my comment. <clears throat> I've been hurt by your comments regarding England being the team that others are copying. Now, if my comment was this, this is Damien's comment, <laughs> not mine. Okay? Surely their current kicking game plan has been copied from the Springboks and Wales and not intended by Steady Aussie Eddie. Do you mean Jonesy. invented? Invented, sorry. Yeah, so it, it's like you say, or like he's saying, it, they haven't done anything no. out of the box. Okay, so I, I think it's a very, very fair comment for a start. A very fair comment. And I kind of agree with him. 
you are right, Matthias, that I do think that South Africa in the World Cup final gave other teams a bit of a blueprint on how to win Test Match Rugby. Yeah. Now, I think the problem is is that they're not playing now. So other teams aren't copying them at the moment because they haven't played. But I do agree with you that that World Cup final, the kicking game that South Africa used against England was what England are doing to others now. Yeah. I think the difference... So does that mean people are copying from South Africa, not what you've said people are copying from England? I think people are... England have made it more mainstream... Yeah, that, that's that's a that's, that's a great. What you that's mean. A, what, well, what I I kind of think it's two things. Like South Africa, or South Africa, South Africa are unique in yes. their 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 playing population. They've got some massive units. Massive. I think where South Africa are different also is I don't think they would play like that all the time. No, that was a game plan for the World Cup final to play England. If they had to play the All Blacks in that final, I don't think they would have felt they needed to have that kicking strategy. The reason why they had that kicking strategy, in, for my, in my opinion, was to take Owen Farrell's kicking out of the game. Yeah. And they knew... And it worked. ...that England, really, on attack, aren't going to rip them apart. No. But if they get penalties, Owen Farrell will kick them. So they literally said, well, we're not going to play in our own... Half. Yeah. We're going to play in your half, and you you're going to take Owen Farrell out of the game and is kicking, and we'll grind you down. And they also probably knew that England's power game wouldn't stack up against their power game. No, yeah. So would South Africa play that kicking style every week? I don't think they would. Just depending on who they played. Depending on who they play. Whereas England tend to have a set, this is how we play. A yeah. little bit like New Zealand. New Zealand have become, well, did become very predictable because they literally went through the same things game in, game every out. Every time they played. Every time. Yeah. So the others copied them, they adapted, they knew what they were going to do. And I think this is happening with England. As you said, they've made these things more mainstream. They've they You see how they play every single week is very similar. They might adapt. South Africa tend to, and this is probably a real strength of South Africa, is they tend to adapt the way they play to other teams, which makes them more difficult to pre- to predict yeah. and to plan against. And they've got lots of ways that they can win games rather than just one, which is a little bit like the All Blacks. You know, the All Blacks have relied years and years on you making mistakes and them counter-attacking. And so if you play the All Blacks, if you stop them, if you stop making mistakes and you play in your own half, you're going to win. Right. There's a bonus question. How soon before headgears become mandatory given recent developments? Headgears won't be mandatory. Headgears are good for cuts. Headgears have been proven not to stop concussion. I do think there is a place for headgear, but I don't think it it stops concussion, so therefore it won't be mandatory. What I think will be mandatory is that you don't do contact during the week. Yeah. Apart from maybe a 20-minute window once a week doing tackle technique, full contact. 
you know, those things will become mandatory. And as I say, the problem being that it'll take 10 years to find out whether or not what's being done is working. And that's the that's the problem. Yeah. Mate, David Sally. Again. He's been in contact again. Now, you made a comment that is, is he the new Razzler Dazzler? And he's put down there, any comparison to Razzler Dazzler is blasphemy. <laughs> Where did he put that? He mentioned that in an earlier email to me. <laughs> But David, you you are um, you do give us some great questions, and one of the questions you've got here is all about the Tri Nations team of the tournament, okay? And the fact that you were surprised to see a couple of people who were omitted. One of those being Aaron Smith, and I do agree. I think the other one that you've missed out here, or, or not potentially missed out, but didn't mention, was Geordie Barrett has been named at fullback. For Tri Nations team of the year, never played there. But yeah, maybe played one game there or something. But not in the Tri Nations. But maybe in the Bledisloe. Oh, maybe. I think he he might have gone. Bodie Ben Bodie Barrett played at ten. I think he played at fifteen, didn't he? But isn't that a bit of a smack in the face of Bodie Barrett that he's played at fullback pretty much every game, and his brother who's played on the wing. Um, has beaten him to it. But we'll go through it. We've got Geordie Barrett, Caleb Clark, Anton Lemmett-Brown. I thought that was interesting. Do you want to do the next one, mate? No. Santiago from Argentina. Um, um, still again, <laughs> another guy from Argentina. Sanchez at 10. Nick White. Interesting. I think Nick White's done great, but has he done as good as Aaron Smith? No. No, the answer's no. Um and then we have got some more interesting names from Argentina. Um, Petty from Argentina. He, he was absolutely class at, at second row. Matt Phillips, I think that's fair. Ari Sevilla, Marcus Kremer. No, no, um, Matera. No. Now, is that because of he's been a bad boy? It shouldn't with his, be. With his tweets? Because he should be in there. Yeah, he should be, shouldn't he? If you go the thing pure. that gets me with the tweets is, yeah, the tweets weren't great, but they were when he was 19. Yeah, the, te- the tweets were horrific, though. Yeah, like, but that's when were, he was 19. Yeah, no, but they were, like, horrific. But if you, I bet you, if you go digging into a lot of people's Well, as we said, backyards, mate, don't go digging in our backyard, because if we had social ridiculous. media... It's yeah. ridiculous. God, he was 19. Get a grip. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Um, my question to you. Yes, please. Game is game day. Oh, game day! Game Love day. game day. Yeah. What did you have for breakfast? What did you have for lunch? Oh, lunch as well. We well, lunch if in. you had an afternoon game, yeah. what, would you do the same thing? Would you wear the same undies? What would you do? So when I was younger, full English <laughs> rookie mistake. <laughs> you know, dad, dad would be like, mum would be like, oh, you got a big game. Shall I do your full English? And I'll be like, oh, yeah. Go it took me a bit of a while to realize that I ran around like a like a wounded bull um, through with a full English. Not good. So later in my career, when I was taking rugby quite seriously, I would just have the night before masses of pasta. Yeah. I'd carbo, carbo load. load. Yeah. And then on the morning, very, very light breakfast yeah something like just a bit of fruit and fiber 
<laughs> right. Full weeper. I'll tell you another thing I did, mate, was I wouldn't have lunch really. Be real light if I had an afternoon game. I'd hardly eat anything. So I'd be going to that game kind of... Hungry. Hungry in lots of respects. But I'd go for a morning run. So on yeah. game day, I go for a morning run, and what I found was I got I then I didn't get like knackered in the game. Your fluids were flowing already. Yeah, I just my whole body was rocking, ready to go. I'd go for an early morning run, maybe like three miles, and I'd get to the game and I'd I'd feel lean. Yeah, I'd feel mean, and I wouldn't hit the wall and then have to work through it. You've already hit the wall. I've already hit the wall. So when I'm coaching my rugby teams, I'm always saying to them. It's actually really important what you have for the night before. Yeah. And then the morning of, you know, and, and beetroot juice now is a big one. Beetroot juice. A shot of beetroot juice. Um, apparently. Vegan. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's all about the Venus return and it's all about not. Mate, Venus is up in the sky. Yeah, I know, mate. <laughs> but it's been proven that it's it's a thing to do. So a lot of professional rugby players now are doing uh, black currant juice before they play yeah so so there you go instead of drugs but yeah i made lots of mistakes mate a lot of mistakes i used to eat loads you know and uh run around feeling heavy i don't mean that like i don't you just feel sluggish yes feels like you've still got something in your tummy yeah you you know your legs go all sluggish and yeah so yeah real didn't eat much on a game day towards the end when i when i got about right do my question to you yes when we look forward into the future of rugby, what do you think 2021 will look hold for us? Will there be international rugby apart from what we've seen this year? Um, I don't... Well, it depends. Like depends the autumn. COVID says. Yeah. yeah, autumn internationals. Depends how this vaccine goes, if it's rolled out quick or if it's just given to the the rich. Um, I think we'll be okay. Do you know what's going to be really interesting though is let's say if you're a Richie Mwanga, right? And you always ends up again about Richie Mwanga. Oh, Canary. <laughs> well, any any player? No, no, Richie Mwanga. And you don't want to take the vaccine. Well, then you run the risk yourself. No, no, because you, you know they they wouldn't do that. They would they? They basically won't. They be saying. Potentially, like whether well, you've you either got to have it or you can't play. Yeah, I think, and I think that might be the, where the issue comes because there are people, there are religions out there who, you know, will not accept a vaccine. No, but uh, you could say that health, about any job. Yeah, but they might have, they might have, um, they might have, uh, you know, concerns about the safety of the vaccine. So therefore, they won't want to take it. Yeah, but you could say that about anything. You could say that about teaching. You could say that about supermarket worker. You could say that about factory worker. You've got to have it, otherwise you can't work here. But it's their choice. So they make the choice that they do or don't. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many players sort of make that stand of. I don't think they'll have to. You think that they'll just test them and because be if enough, you get the vaccine, yeah, you're safe. You're safe. And maybe that's your choice. So if you choose to... Because then if you get the virus, then that's your fault. Yeah. Okay. It'd be interesting, right? Because, like, you know, if you go to Sri Lanka, you have to have certain jabs. Yes. Uh, certain countries say you can't travel to us unless you have. So will but that's countries, for your sake. But will countries turn around and say, you ha- if you want to come to England, you have to have the jab? 
it's going to be real. Like, Maybe. Well, political nightmare. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, yeah. Mate, we're almost to the end of the show. Oh, but it's the quiz, mate. You it's the, about quiz the quiz this week. I'm loving the quiz, and I'm going to get my little soundboard here ready right. for action. Would you like to... Do you want me to go first? Mate, you always go okay. first. Okay. I like how you've you've, um, you've you've written these questions out as well. Yeah. Fair play to you. Do you, want to, do you want me to tell you what my quiz is on? Yes. International tries. Okay. okay. What's your quiz on? Nigel Owen. Oh, I love it. Nigel Owens. Okay, yeah. so um, this is for you. Yeah. Yeah. And this is for me. Yes, so I think I lost last time. <laughs> yeah. So go on. Okay, um, so what year did what Nigel... size is Nigel Owen's underpants? He looks like he's a large mate to me. A large? Every medium. Extra large, oh. Nigel. <laughs> extra, extra, what, extra large, oh, Nigel. What, did, what year did Nigel Owens make his international riffing 17 debut? 17 years ago. Was it 2007, 2006, 2005, or 2003? 2003. You are correct. Who was it against for extra hang points? Hang on, hang on, hang on. For extra points? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question, yeah. isn't it? Surely it'd be Six Nations. His first international. No, no. Okay. Uh, oh, that's a great question, eh? Okay, give, give, me, give me some options. No. 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 The European. The European. Yeah, one was in uh, the Autumn International, or the... Six Nations. No, well, no, it was the Nations Cup, wasn't it? Okay. Oh, is this Georgia? Yeah. Georgia versus who? Also European. Spain? No, very close. It was Portugal. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Tier 2. Tier 2. Yeah. Do they count as internationals? Of course they do. Yeah. It's an international. It might not be counted in as international internationals. Yeah. But that's his first international refing debut. Very good. Do you want my first question to you? Yes. So I'm 1-0 up? Yes. Love that. (laughs) You haven't even asked me a question. Okay. So we are looking at Australia's top try scorer of all time. Yep. So, which actually I'm thinking is is wrong. (laughs) I've got these. I've got this from a reliable source, and I know it's wrong. (laughs) Scrap that question. What was the question? (laughs) Who who holds the world? Yeah. Okay, no, no, no. I'm going to go and ask you. Okay. I'm going to ask you, because this is what it says. Okay. But I know it's wrong. What's going on? Oh, okay. We'll we'll go for it. But I'll have to say. Just spit it out, man. Okay. So who is, this is bizarre. This is international all-time try scorers. Okay. So all these tries came. This is wrong. Just tell me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. This is what's down here (laughs) anyway. Oh, my God. (laughs) Taking your time here. Is it Adam Ashley Cooper, Drew Mitchell, or Matt Gitto, all-time Australian try scorer. I know you're looking at me and you're saying, surely it's David Campisi or um, Israel Folau. No, Israel Folau's not in there. 
Not in my selection. I think he's got it though, doesn't he? Anyway, uh, I would go probably Adam Ashley Cooper out of those three. You're correct, yeah. mate. 32 international tries. Now, David Gampese, 56, I'm sure, but maybe that's in all matches that he played all for Australia. That's why I'm wondering. Anyway, mate. Interesting. So it's one all. It is one all. Thank the Lord. Um, how many Rugby World Cup finals has Nigel Owens refereed? So he's been at three World Cups. Is it one, two, I think it's two. three, or four? Well, mate, <laughs> he hasn't been to four World Cups. <laughs> you, know, you always go, oh, you've only given me three options. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't give you, I don't even say you've only given me three options. I always go, you've given me 25 options. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's two. I think he's done too. He's been at three World Cups. It's a real shame because I think he could have gone on to the next World Cup and done this one as well. But anyway, he's done three World Cups and I think he's done two finals. But I could be wrong. It could be one. But I think it's two. Okay. So I'm going to go with two. Final answer? No. No. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, fine, Lanza. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he did uh, the one in England. Yeah. Well, the one in the UK and the one in Japan. He was also a touchy in the 2011 World Cup final. Oh, there you go. So yeah. he kind of done three. Well, he's kind of done three, but he hasn't. Yeah. He, hasn't he wasn't the referee. Ref- yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does help that he's Welsh, which means that, you know, he's more likely to... <laughs> You know, you know, if you're a New Zealander, you're less likely, or a South African, or Australian, or even. English. Oh, here we go. So, Wallaby's top try scorer, David Campisi, was 64. Yeah, but is that international you... tries? Well, it just says top try scorer. Yeah, this is bizarre, eh? I got this from Rugby Pass. I think that their stats are are, are wrong. <laughs> okay, so that'd be interesting. Don't you be looking on international try scorers now. Your next oh, one is okay. Sorry, who is England's? top try scorer oh is it Johnny May Jason Robinson or Ben Cohen oh well it's not Johnny May okay I think I think it's Jason Robinson but how many years did he play in the England jersey and what Ben Cohen Ben Cohen yeah winger big unit remember him no. He did uh, Dancing on Ice or Strictly Come Dancing. Strictly Come Dancing. On Had ice. an affair with his uh, dance partner. Class. Right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go Jason Robinson just because I like him. Final answer. Yeah. Oh, I got it wrong. Ben Cohen, mate. 30. Okay. Oh, is that it? It's got Adam Ashley Cooper at 32 and Ben Cohen at 30. Wow. Okay. So... I am 2-1 up. I can't lose. You can't lose, no. It's always a good position to be in, mate. It is. You, do you actually know how that feels? What? When you can't lose. Yes. Every day when you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> how many Pro 14 matches has Nigel Owens refereed? Oh, what a ridiculous question. What a ridiculous question. 130. 
That's almost, that's almost... Oh. 149, 120, 154. Oh, what a ridiculous question. <laughs> you still could get so it right. Go, give, give me the options. 130, 149, 120, 154. I'm going to say I don't think he's done that many... Because he's done 100 internationals. Because he did a lot on the 7 series as well. Did you know that? No. Yeah. That's where they start them. I yeah. think it's a great place to start yeah, it them. Is, yeah, it is, yeah. I'm just going to randomly go 125. Well, you're wrong because, A, that wasn't an option. <laughs> <laughs> there was 120. 100 and... Uh, so what are the options again? Far out. 130, yeah. 149, 120, 154. Well, actually, now now thinking about it, was, <laughs> oh. was actually to be finishing on like 120, 130 doesn't seem quite right. So it's either 149 or 154. I reckon he hasn't said he's going to finish refereeing. He just said he's going to finish international refereeing. So maybe that's because he's on 149 and he wants to do one more for 150. So I'm going to say 149. Correct. But you shouldn't get that because first you're at 125. So I'm not counting that. Oh, whatever. That, that, that might be the reason though, eh? Because so he's you know, one away from that magical 150. That was a good process of elimination. Okay, mate, the last one. Who is the all-time try scorer who holds the record? Is it what in the world? In the world, you should get this one right, mate. Is it Joe Rockathoko? Oh, sorry, no, no, no. I think it's Doug Howlett. No, sorry, is it Doug Howlett? Yeah, it's Doug Howlett. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Williams, Brian Habana, no, or uh, Brian O'Driscoll. Did I say that? He said Brian Habana. You're just making up names. No, now. so we got we got. Is, is it, it Brian? Brian? Is it Brian O'Driscoll? It's, it's Doug Howlett. I'm Doug pretty Howlett. sure. Yeah. Shane Williams or oh, Brian Oh, wow. You've had an absolute shocker here, haven't you? No. Yes, you have. You, are you checking it up? No, I think it's Doug. No, I'm still looking at the David Campisi thing. Go on. Um, is it is it Doug Howlett? No, it's not. Is it not? It's Brian Habana. Is it? 59 tries. Shane Williams, well, well, 56. Well that's, well, that's wrong then, because David Campisi has scored 60... 64? Yeah, no, international tries. 64 test tries in his career, which is a world record. See, this is what I think as well. I reckon I've got my stats so wrong. I have this won. This is when the blind leads the blind here, isn't it? So I have won. On on pure count back yes. of my poor stats. Correct. In fact, let's just say that you have won today. And yes. I need to check my stats more frequently. But I will check my stats. Yes. And I'll we, come back to you. And if you're wrong, you must say you must say But I'm not Hail wrong. Chief Warren. I haven't I haven't said anything that's wrong. <laughs> David Campisi might not be. But I'm just saying that you are definitely wrong. <laughs> Anyway, that is yes. the end of this week's podcast. There is quite a bit of editing to do on this. I've taken <laughs> numerous phone calls uh, and all of that. So if if, if uh, one comes out and it's got big pauses and I'm talking about with my state agent, I do apologize. <laughs> uh, as always, mate, it's been a pleasure yep, doing always. it with you. 
And it's been a pleasure uh, filling in the ears of all our listeners. You can't say that. You can't say that. I can say whatever <laughs> I want to say, mate. But anyway. Yes. Until next week. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.